I want to talk to you about a very important, very important subject because I wouldn't get up here if I didn't have something important to say. And it is. The Bible is a beautiful book. I tell you, I'm, I'm starting to get old. And I know you don't, re, you don't believe it. You don't believe it, but I'm starting to get old. And I appreciate, I just so, I can't tell you how much every day I get up and pinch myself that I have been able to, I trust you. Christ is my Savior and dedicated my life to him at 18 years old. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know some of you got saved at 50 years old. Some of you got saved at 60. We've had some people saved in their 70s, 70s. Trust Christ and live for him after. My mother-in-law got saved 80 years old. It happens, but it's not the way to do it. The way to do it is get saved when you're young so that you have a life lived for God and you can look back and the older you get, the sweeter, it's the sweeter it gets. It's beautiful to be a Christian. I want to encourage you to be one. Uh, the text is Exodus chapter 9, verse 13, 14. It's one sentence or part of a sentence on the, on the bottom of verse 14. The title of this message is Until Everybody Knows. Until Everybody Knows. It often seems like everyone knows about God and about Jesus Christ, but man or mankind. It's like every other created being, visible or invisible, thrones, principalities, powers, doesn't make any difference. They seem like they know about Jesus and know about God. But in vast majority, men do not. Mankind does not. Have you ever wondered the real reason God did the ten plagues of Egypt? On the surface, it was to the humble, uh, the people of Egypt, to where they would let the Israelites go. I get that. Uh, and not only let them go, but it will let them go with their blessing. Do you realize that when the uh, Egyptians sent the Israelis out, they gave them all their, the, the women went and got all their gold earrings and gold stuff and everything in their pressure, everything precious in their house, and they gave it to them and say, go, 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 offer this to your God. Offer this to your God because we're all dead men. If you stay here, we're all dead. They just said all of them lost their firstborn. I'm talking firstborn Humans, firstborn cattle, firstborn everything had just died. Plus, they'd been through nine other absolutely unbelievable, devastating plagues where the land of Egypt was destroyed. They told the Pharaoh, said, don't you know that the land of Egypt's destroyed? Let's get rid of these people. And so God plundered the Egyptians and had the people of Egypt give them all their gold and precious things and send them out. It has been estimated that there were about 2.5 million people. We know for sure there were 600,000 men. That count is in the Bible. So from that 600,000, we figure wives and children, conservatively, 2, 2.5 million people. I mean, really, that's a big old crowd to move around. Also, they got their cattle with them. That's a big old group of cattle, sheep and oxen and, you know, I don't know if they had dogs or not. I don't know. But uh, they had things you could eat. And so they had those and they brought them with them and took them out of Egypt. And it was a big deal. 
And so the, 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 the ten plagues of Egypt were not just to humble Egypt and to convince them finally to release the Israel, Israelites. If you look a little deeper, it was to reprove the ten gods, the top ten gods that Egypt worshipped. Exodus chapter 12, verse 12, and it's found in Numbers also in a few other places. It says in 12, 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt for both man and beast. And now this is the key. And against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. You know, behind every one of those false gods is a demonic power. We know that from the Bible. Clearly straightforward statement. It's not up for interpretation. There's no wiggle room. Behind every god, false god, there is a demonic spirit that promotes that, that's promoting that. And so imagine how many, uh, there's, uh, what, a million idols in India, something like a million different gods of India. And so it's a demonically uh, controlled land, really, through the Hinduism. And so we had they had they had Egypt had numbers of gods. There were they had more than ten, but these ten were their top ten. And God took a swipe and took it. But the Bible says all their gods here swiped at all their gods and told the basically told the Egyptians, "Look, you're worshiping false gods. These aren't true." And he convinced them so, because our text, even deeper, uh, he, he, he proved himself to them on who he was. Let's look at this, read our text, verse 13, Exodus chapter, I believe it is 9, 13, 14. The Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people. And here's, here's the clincher right here. That thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. The real reason for the ten plagues was not just to humble the Egyptians to let the Israelites go, or not just to judge the gods of, of Egypt as false. It was to prove to the Egyptians that there was one God who made everything. At that time, known as the I Am. Which Exodus chapter 3, burning bush, you remember all that. Who, who shall I say sent me? Well, tell them the I Am sent you. The all-existent one. And he, so that, that was the reason for it. This concept is all throughout the Bible, not just in Egypt. Exodus chapter 10, verse 2 says, Thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son. He tells the Israelites, that thou mayest tell in the ears, thou must, that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and thy son's sons what things I have wrought in Egypt, my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. Exodus 10, 2. So it's important to God that you know who he is. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 20. And he tells the Israelites, and hallow my Sabbaths, the Israelites now, the Jews. He says, hallow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign. The Sabbath is a sign. It's a covenant sign between Israel and God. That, that sign shall be a sign between me and you 
Why? That you may know that I am the Lord your God. That was the purpose of one of the purpose, one of the higher purposes of the Sabbath. Of course, it was to rest a day. One out of seven, or people would work it. They'd work you to death. They'd work you seven days a week. But he said, No, you only got to work six days a week, and on the seventh, you're going to rest because you need to refresh yourself. And that was a minor, a more of a minor reason for the Sabbath. Another reason of Sabbath was, of course, to honor God. Absolutely right. And it was to, in the highest purpose, it was to remember that God can supply your need even if you only work six days a week. Remember, you're talking to a bunch of Jews. They think Gentiles were made so somebody would buy retail. I don't have anything against the Jews, by the way. I love the Jews. But boy, they are some kind of business people. And... uh, uh, God wants to know, that, what's the whole thing about? God wants us to know the truth. The truth. There is such a thing as the truth. There are not multiple truths. I mean, there can be lots of truths in different areas, but there's only one truth in each one of those areas. If it's more than one truth, there's then one of them's false and one of them's true. People will say to me, this, this passage of Scripture could be interpreted one of three ways. I don't know if it goes through your mind, Terry, but it goes through my mind, but I just want to know the right way because two of them are wrong and one of them's not. Now, I, and I grew up, you know, practically grew up 18 years old, went to started studying theology and went to theology classes, and they'll say, well, there's three interpretations for this or four interpretations for this or two interpretations, and I'm always sitting back there going, yeah, but there's got to be only one of them's right. There's not three truths. There's eight, let's find out which one it is. Obviously, you ask God to help you on that, right? The truth that he is God and there is none else is important to know. This whole thing called life, that's one of the major things God wants you to figure out, who he is. The truth that he created us and everything around us, visible and invisible, Hubble telescope and no Hubble telescope, everything that's been ever looked at has been by his word. And when you finally get that, that God is one constant truth of the universe, that's where he wants you to be. How many are there today? I didn't, I didn't ask you to raise your hand, did I? But I want you to think about that. How many are there today? Do you understand this truth? If you do, do you understand how privileged you are? Do you understand how rare you are? That you finally understood who... The essence of it all, that God is and there is none else. Isaiah chapter 65, I think it is. That's huge. Because there's a bunch of folks don't get it. They don't get it. And consequently, they struggle and struggle and struggle. They eventually will get it. Every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, it's truth. He's true. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You recognize that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the truth incarnate. He is the image of, the, of an invisible, he's the invisible image of an invisible God. 
believe that he died, was buried, and rose again, just like the Bible says, and you get to be part of his family. He bursts you from above, puts the Holy Spirit in you, lets you have so many other understandings that the world's blind to, and I'm getting, and I'm getting there. So why is all this important? Well, because if you believe otherwise, if you believe other than what God is, if you deny the truth, you're calling God a liar. Somebody came to me and they wanted to commit suicide. Well, thank God they came to me first, amen. They came to me and says, I believe I'm going to kill myself. And I said, really? I said, you realize as soon as you kill yourself, the next person you see is God It'll be Jesus Christ specifically. And you realize the last act of your life was an act of defiance against the truth. And they looked at me and said, what? I said, yeah. When you kill yourself, you don't go off into a la-la land or a nothing land. When you kill yourself, you'll wake up clearer than you ever were awake, and you're going to be faced with an angel, and he's going to take you to a place, and eventually you're going to stand before Jesus Christ and give an account for the deeds done in your body, whether they be good or bad. You're not going to run or hide from your troubles. The only hope for us with the troubles we have is to give them to Jesus. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to sing. Cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. Oh, I just love, I love being saved. I'm unworthy of the least of his favor. So, you say, well, I never called God a liar. I wouldn't do that. You can passively call God a liar, or you can aggressively call God a liar. But one way or another, you're calling God a liar. I think it says in John chapter 3, verse 17, I believe, he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. You can refuse to believe, and you're passively calling God a liar. Or you can be an atheist and aggressively call God a liar, but either way, you're calling God a liar. To be honest with you, there probably won't be a lot of difference between the punishment of an atheist and some religious folks that went to church every Sunday but denied the Bible was true, denied that Christ was the living God, but just was religious because they thought religion was not a bad thing. There's lots of those. This ain't about religion. This is about the truth. I want to know the truth. I don't care what label it has. I, I don't care what you want to call it. I am a truth seeker. I want the truth. And the truth, Brother Steve, will set you free. And I mean give you freedom like you've never known before. You get giggly free. Oh, man, that was worth coming for. So otherwise, you become an enemy of God, which is probably not a good position to be in. You become an enemy of all that, the he that made everything. Like a horrible virus, and we, we have a real good picture of that, like a horrible virus meant to kill, destroy, and maim, the lie of the devil has been that God is not who he says he is. 
That's been the original virus that entered into the universe. Uh, the devil started in the garden, and, and he took some of the angels with him. Uh, the devil used the gifts that God had given him to try to over. He used the gifts that God had given him to try to overcome the God that made him. Isaiah chapter 14, 13, 14. This talks about Satan, that old serpent. For thou hast said in thine heart, listen to the personal pronouns, the word I. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation the size of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. What's the sin of the devil? You know it. Pride. Pride is the sin of the devil himself. Humble people are from God. Proud people are not. There's only two choices. So uh, he, his pride caused him to oppose the truth of who God was and is and will be. And he knew at one time who God was, clearly. And since that time, he has been in an active campaign to... Get this, change the truth. You believe that? Romans chapter 1 verse 25 says it this way. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. That's what he did. He changed the truth of God. He took the truth of God and he mixed with it falsehood and made it a whole lie. And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Everything and everyone knows who God is except Mankind. The devil knows who God is. The demons know who God is. Mark chapter 1, verse 23, 24, when, they, when the demons met Jesus, there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. They knew who he was. James chapter 2, verse 19 says it this way. Thou believest that thou is, there is one God, thou doest well. The devils, the demons, also believe and tremble. So it doesn't do you only so much good to know there's one God. That's not going to get you to heaven. You've got to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You've got to confess that Jesus, he is the Christ sent by God to die on the cross for our sins that was buried the third day and the third day was raised from the dead by the power of God himself and now sits on the right hand of the Father. Basically, he is who he said he was and who the Bible says he is. And Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner unable to save myself. Will you save me? The old, the old boy on the, on the cross, the old thief on the cross said, Oh, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. That was enough. The old, the old uh, rich, uh, I believe it was, uh, he was a bad guy. He was a tax collector. And the temple came in, wouldn't lift his head towards heaven. He's so ashamed of himself, beating his chest, said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That was enough. Jesus said, that boy went to his home justified. I'm not telling you what exact words you've got to say, but I'm telling you your heart's got to be there. The angels know who God is. The angels spoke to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 32, said, he, speaking about the Jesus that was to be born through her, he said, he shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest, 
The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. The angels know who he is. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He knew who he was. Disease knows who Jesus is and who God is. Matthew 8, 16 said, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick. Disease obeyed him. The devil obeyed him. Demons obey him. Angels obey him. Disease obeys him. And if I may add to this, the wind and the waves obey him. Matthew 8, 20, 27 says, but the, but the men marveled after saying, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? These were old sailors, man. They'd been out on many a rough sea, and they'd never seen that thing closed down like that. You don't get out on a rough sea and have the thing all of a sudden go smooth like that. But he got up, they woke him up, the back ship brought him forward. What he didn't realize is the master that made everything and even spoke the wind into existence told the wind, stop! Peace be still. And the wind goes, and there was a sudden calm. Even the wind and the waves know who, know who Jesus is. Fish know who Jesus are, is. They know who Jesus is. Fish. Now, I don't know how smart fish are, but they're probably pretty smart. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 6. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nest for a, for a draw, for a big catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we toil all night. I don't know about you if you've ever fished all night. I have. It's horrible. Boy, in the morning you're dead tired. We have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes that break their net and filled two boats. Now, how did them fish get there? Jesus said, you fish, go, go in there and get in that net. Even the fish obey God. The birds obey God. 1 Kings 17, 4 says, It shall be, I'm talking about Elijah there after he said there would be a drought for three and a half years, and how are you going to eat, how are you going to drink, what's going to happen. 1 Kings 17, 4, God says, It shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. The ravens even obey God. Go get some steel. There's a woman just baked a pie and put it out on the window there. You ravens jump in there, get you a big old mouthful of that, and take it to Elijah. Now, I don't know about you. I wouldn't be real good about eating food out of a raven's mouth, but if I was hungry enough, I'd eat the food out of the raven's mouth and the raven. Inanimate objects. This, this is wild. Inanimate objects know who God is. Inanimate objects. If that's too big a word for you, that means like wood and stone. Luke chapter 19, verse 39 and 40 says, And some of the Pharisees, that this is a triumphant entry, some of the Pharisees from among the multitudes said, Master, rebuke thy disciples. They were saying, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna. They put their clothes down in front of him, cut palm branches, put them in front of him. The king's coming into the into the Jerusalem, after all these years we're looking forward to him, he's coming in. Woo, they were happy. And the Pharisees, of course, they weren't happy. 
And he says, he says, tell your followers to be quiet. And here's what Jesus said in answer and said to them. I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I didn't know stones could cry out. I didn't know stones had the ability to make noise. But trust me, if he said it, it can happen. It can happen. I know, I know inanimate objects make noise. How do I know that? Because my house makes all kinds of noise at night. And I'm always thinking a burglar's coming in or maybe somebody's busting the back. Last night I heard a big boom. And I thought, oh, man, somebody's coming in the back door. i got to shoot them. It's going to be a mess. I have to call 911. And I probably won't get to sleep the rest of the night. Inanimate objects make noise. They make noise. I worked on the railroad, third shift, Indiana, northern Indiana, wintertime, third shift. I'm, I'm there right now. I wore a full-blown snowsuit, 17 below zero, wind, working on these steel railroad cars. Now, railroad's all steel, steel wheels, steel brakes, steel, everything's steel. It's cold. And these, these big old heavy cars are moving in there. I, they, they, they have the most mournful whining sound I ever heard in my life. It was like people mourning. And I would be like, I'm mourning too. I don't want to be here. And I thought, man, even the steel's unhappy. Yeah, yeah. Inanimate objects. You tell these boys and girls to quit saying Hosanna in the highest, and the stones are going to take their place and cry out. Even the stones know who God is. But man does not know. Everything obeys God but man. Everything acknowledges God but man. Every creature and every visible thing is in submission to God but not man. Why does man not know it? That's a good question, Bill, and thank you for asking. Here it is. Because there's an active ministry of blinding going on by Satan. I'm, trying to, I'm telling you, every one of us has been under the blinding temptation and power of Satan. Every one of us has tried to blind you. If you know Christ, your personal Savior, he tried to blind you before you knew him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 tells us this, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. That's it. Uh, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ and the image of God should shine unto them. Basically, then they would be saved. They are blinded because of unbelief. Unbelief opens the doors for blindness. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. That's a three-point sermon right there. Here it is. This is good for the prison boy. Verse uh, Romans 121. Make note of that because you want to preach at it. Number one, they knew God. Number two, they became vain. Number three, their foolish heart was darkened. Those are the steps down. 
If God comes by your house and, 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 and reveals himself to you, if I was you, I'd jump on it. Because if you don't, he may come by again. He may come by again. He may come by again. But I, I'm not guaranteed. There's no guarantee. He is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. I believe God comes by everybody at least one time. Some people he seems to come by many times, but you don't have any guarantee but the one time. So if you get the one time, you better jump on it. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. And then God will reveal more. I don't have the faith to be an atheist. You've got to have a lot of faith to be an atheist. Lots of faith. You've got to believe that every intricately made uh, thing out there, and there's so many of them I just don't even know where to start, somehow just happened. And yet you know nothing in your experience of life that ever was that way. You women that cook, go ahead and get some salt and get some sugar and get some pancake batter. Just throw it down, see if it mixes itself together. It never will. Stupid simple. God made all this stuff to say, I am, I am, and there is none else. He's trying to convince you of who he is. Why? Because he loves you. The Bible says Satan deceived the whole world. He's given credit for this blinding power. Revelation 12, 9 makes it clear. It says, uh, the great dragon which also cast out the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. I got two pills I'm holding in my hand. I got a blue pill, and I got a red pill. You have to choose between the blue pill and the red pill. If you choose the blue pill, you're going to go on in your ignorance believing that there really is no special or certain God, that Jesus is just one of the many people who came. And someday you're going to die, miss heaven, Stand before the very one you rejected and be cast in a place called hell, never to escape. If you, part, if you choose the red pill, that is faith in the gospel and Jesus Christ and believe that he is the truth, then God will show you more truth once you, by faith, take the pill. But you've got to reach out and take it. And nobody's going to force the pill in your mouth. You've got to reach out and take it. I hope you do. I hope you do. Exodus chapter 9, verse 14, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. Isaiah 45, 6 and 7 says that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west, and that uh, rising of the sun and from the west, that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. There is none else. I form the light, I create darkness, I make peace, create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. I hope you get it. I hope you get it before it's too late. I hope you get it. Because you're going to get it sooner or later. But you don't want to get it later. All those things that I mentioned on that list of that already believe that there's a God, they don't have to get it. They already know. 
It's only mankind that eventually will be brought in line with them. What's going to happen at the judgments, the judgment seat of Christ, the great white throne judgment? God's going to bring all the misunderstanding about him, who's truth, what is truth, and he's going to align it with all those I mentioned, the devil, the angels, the demons, the fish, the birds, the universe, the inanimate objects. All They're already they already know who's who. But he's going to put us, all mankind, which is right now out of order, going to put us in line with them. Why? Because he cares about you. Not because he's some despot, but because he... Do, do you think somebody loves you that's lying to you? Or do you think the people that love you are telling you the truth? Personally, I'd, I'd rather... Bible says open rebukes better than secret love. Bible says he that rebukes the man is... Receiving more favor than he that flatters with the tongue. Look, if, if I got a booger on my nose, I want you to tell me so. Don't go around and go, oh, he's got, a, he's got a nasty spot on his nose there. I just can't believe it. Don't go around telling other people, come to me. Oh, but it's going to hurt your feelings. Well, I'd rather get rid of it than have my feelings hurt than to feel real good and hurt everybody else's feelings. Right? Father, help us today to get it. May the Holy Spirit explain this better than I could. May the quoted word of God not return void. May your power be demonstrated in the saving of souls, transforming of lives, convincing the unbelief to belief. And Father, we pray that your hand will be mighty upon us. Oh, God, I wouldn't want anybody to ever, ever to have to face you with the great white throne judgment. Oh, no, no, no. It's too late there. May they choose now. Well, they have prerogative. Well, they have volitional thinking. May they choose you now. And then may you reveal yourself as you have to me as you have to so many millions through the millennium that have trusted you by simple childlike faith. God help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 239- 947-1285. Thank you and God bless.